0: Amen. Thank you so much, Anita. What a great message and how true that is. Uh, My life is certainly in his hands. Well, it's good to have the opportunity to be here. I'm in a missions conference where I am very, very comfortable. I love mission conferences, and we've been in a lot of them over over the years, and uh, I had lots of opportunities to be around some of the special people. The missionaries are very, very special people. I was talking to Dr. Sis on our way over here today. We were thinking about uh, 20 years I was there on the board of BIMI, and the thing, uh, two things I missed most was going down there, being around our friends, and then those times when the missionaries gathered around, and we had the opportunity to spend time and hear testimonies. I used to uh, take little notes and select our missionaries when we were in those meetings all the time, because they'd move Move your heart in a very, very special way. And I, uh, <clears throat> I'm thankful for a lot of things. I'm thankful to be saved more than anything else. But I am thankful that I learned at an early age about missions and what it's all about. And I hope that God will certainly work in our hearts in a very, very special way. I certainly have enjoyed the short time with my dear friend, Dr. Don Sis. Uh, he's special to me, special to our family, special to our church. I could not tell you all the wonderful times that we've had for these uh, many, many years, and I thank God for him and for his strength and his health health and how God has certainly blessed him in a special way. So Dr. Sis, thank you for coming again and being here with us, and we love you dearly, and thank you for all that you've done for us uh, over the years. Well, I'm going to speak to you from my heart tonight, and I hope uh, that I have a lot to say, and I'll try to say it fast. Most of you have been around here for a long time. I usually don't take a long time uh, to preach, uh, but I want to get all of this in and uh, uh, so that you'll be able to hear all of this tonight. And I hope God will certainly move in a very, very special way uh, in our hearts. Uh, take your Bibles, and I want you to turn with me to the book of Proverbs, chapter number 29. Proverbs, chapter 29, we're going to look at... Uh, this verse, and then we're going to turn at least two or three other passages here tonight, so I want you to, be, they'll be easy to find, and we're going to spend some time there uh, talking tonight. Uh, we're in uh, our missions conference. It's such a wonderful time to be able to restart and, and do what we've done these many, many years here that's made a difference in our lives and a difference around the world. And we'll certainly thank you all for coming out here on the Thursday night to be able to be uh, here with us for Our conference. Proverbs chapter 29, verse number 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, what happy is he? Let's pray together. Our Father, we are so thankful. Uh, Just in the last uh, couple of days that being able to be around some very, very special people that challenge our hearts, we thank you for Dr. Sis and uh, for his message last night and just what he means to all of us. Thank you for our missionary families. It's amazing. All of these years, we seem to get, I believe, the best uh, people that come here, and I, I believe that's not by accident. I believe there's a God in heaven that looks down on the church that loves missionaries. And, uh, and we want to be uh, able to encourage them, strengthen them, and thank them for what they do to help us do that which you have commanded and commissioned us to do. And thank you for those you've sent our way here uh, this conference. Thank you for our people who've gathered here together, for our pastor and uh, what he means to us and how... Uh, we're excited about getting another conference going and seeing what you're going to do in our lives. I thank you for the opportunity that I have tonight to preach the word of God. I pray you'll take me as your servant. I pray, first of all, you cleanse me of any sin, uh, empty me of self, and then fill me with your spirit. I pray you'll help me. I've preached so many times, so many places on missions. You know my heart, and I pray there's no place that I care more about than this place here. And you help us to be all that we need to be. Who cares? Crossroads cares. And I pray you'll help us to demonstrate that in what we do for the cause of world evangelization. Now you bless the preaching of the word of God tonight and we'll thank you for it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing. Proverbs 29, verse number 18, first of all is a, Very familiar. It's an often often quoted and an often preached on verse. I've seen it as the theme of mission conferences, evangelistic crusades. I've seen it printed on bulletins. uh, Where there is no vision, the people uh, perish. Oftentimes, and a good way to use it, it is used as a theme to challenge people to get involved in reaching the world with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to take a look at the verse for just a few moments before we get into our message. I like what Pastor often says, uh, you know, words mean something. And let's look at this verse for just a moment. Let's start at the end of the verse where the Bible says, But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. You want to know how to be be happy? It's by keeping the book, doing what we see in the book. I mean, we could take that tonight and say, hey, I'm going to work on being happy. I'm just going to open my Bible from Genesis to Revelation, find what God has in here, and I'm going to keep that. And I believe the Bible says I'll be happy. That's the end of the verse. Let's look at some other words in here. Where there is No vision. Let's think about that. Where there is no vision, then it says the people. How many believe that we fit in that category called people? All right, so I understand that what I'm about to talk about tonight, we're talking about people. That means that we all fit in this category. Where there is no vision, the people. Whatever happens, it's going to happen to People, which includes each of us. Where there is no vision, the people perish. The word perish there uh, kind of make you think a little bit. I know that I'm saved tonight. and Guess what? I'm going to heaven, so I'm not going to perish. My soul will never burn in hell, not because I don't belong there, but because of the Savior who loved me and died for me. I, so I'm not worried about perishing. I'm not worrying about going to hell, but the word A parish stands there. But at the beginning of it, it says, where there is no vision. When we think about that word, it's literally talking about where there is no proper view or proper revelation of the word of God, I can be a person who can be ungovernable without restraint unruly, uncaring, callous, selfish, sinful, stubborn, and a whole lot of other things that can happen in our lives. Where there is no vision, where there is no proper view of the Word of God that's going to move me, change me, stir me, help me to care, I can become, without restraint, uncaring, callous, stingy, stubborn, selfish, and yes, even sinful. So I think it behooves us tonight to understand as people, we've got to come to a point in our life that we have a vision, a proper view, a proper revelation. Now let me pause for a moment and talk about us. We are Bible-believing Christians. If you believe leave that, say amen. I mean, we pride ourselves as fundamental, Bible-believing, independent, Baptist believers. We say the Bible is our one rule of faith and practice. If there's any group of people, if there's any church in the world today that ought to understand some things about missions, it's Crossroads Baptist Church. For 30-some years, we've had, I believe, one of the best mission speakers, one of the best men of God you'll ever find in Dr. Don Sisk. We've had Dr. Halsey here to preach on faith promise. We've had teachings on grace giving. We've had some of the best missionaries you'll ever find any place in the world who've shown all kinds of presentations and shared their hearts and shared their burdens. So when it comes to missions, we understand that the mission of the church is missions. It's not like we don't understand that I mean, we've heard it preached, we've heard it talked, we've felt it, we've seen it. And with all of that in mind, it seems like no matter who preaches, no matter who teaches, no matter how many slide presentations or videos we see, no matter how many missionaries share their hearts and their burdens, There will always be some people who never seem to understand. And I believe this verse kind of sums it up a little bit. Where there is no vision. Where I don't have a proper view, a proper revelation of what I've heard preached, what's been taught, what I've seen, what I've felt that moves me, stirs me, changes me, motivates me. Until I have that kind of a vision, I'll go through another missions conference. I'll hear another testimony. I'll hear another message. But I'll never be moved until I have a vision. Tonight I want to preach to you what I call a vision every church member ought to have when it comes to missions. Now, in the Bible, when God spoke to men in the Bible, he spoke to them through what is called visions. Now, we don't have those kind of visions here, or we shouldn't have, I believe when I go to bed tonight, I'm going to have a vision like that. Because Dr. Sis, in two days he's been here, has already gotten me off my diet. I've had fried chicken. I've had fried shrimp. This one thing hadn't changed about him over the years. He still loves to eat. So I'm going to, after I get him back and get him all tucked in tonight, I'm convinced When I go to sleep tonight, I'm going to have a real vision. So I'm not talking about the kind of vision you have when you eat the wrong kind of food. When you eat 30, 40 shrimp like I did over Longhorn. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about a proper view, or proper revelation of the Word of God. When I look at this book and I I, I hear something, I read something, that I, I feel something, that I'm motivated and stirred to do something. When you look at the Bible and you look at men in the Bible who had a vision, when they had a proper view or proper revelation of what they heard, it changed their life. It changed their purpose. It changed their direction. Oh, would the God give us a vision that'll make a difference in our life. It's not enough just to hear about mission. It's not enough just to read about it. We need a proper view of some things in our lives that will change us to really show we care. The first vision I want you to look at is found in the book of Isaiah, chapter number 6. If you'll find your place there, Isaiah chapter number 6. Here's the first vision every church member needs to have when it comes to missions. Isaiah, one of the four major prophets. In Isaiah chapter number six, if you notice in verse number one, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his feet. And with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongues from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips. Thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sins purged. Verse number 8, another very familiar verse, an often quoted verse, a preached-on verse. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for me? Then said I, Here am I. Send me. Here's the first vision every church member ought to have when it comes to missions is what Isaiah had, a vision of self and its relationship with the Lord. You see, Isaiah, before he could say to the Lord, here am I, send me, Something happened in the first seven verses. He had a vision. And in that vision, he had a proper view. He had a revelation of something that he saw between him and God that made a difference in his life. First of all, he saw, he became very conscious of the Lord. Notice, if you would, he said, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne. Notice the respect he had for that position. He was high and lifted up. Notice the reverence given that the angels were humbled by his presence. Notice the response to that position. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Here's what happened to Isaiah. He took his eyes off King Uzziah and put his eyes on Almighty God. And you know what he saw? What I believe we need to see today. He saw who God was. And you know what he did when he looked up and he saw God high and lifted up? He saw this God and he took a look at God All he could do was say, wow, look at this God who wants me to serve. I wonder today if maybe, as Dr. Siss says, he can remember when he used to preach in churches and there'd always be one or two that would surrender to the mission field. I wonder today if the problem might be, We're not wild enough about God that he can find somebody that can say, here am I, send me. When he took a look at God, all he could see was him high and lifted up. The angels were humbled by his presence and they were crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Let me remind you of something. You know where God is today? Where he's always been high and lifted up. You know what he is today? What he's always been? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. When he became conscious of this God, all he could say was, wow. Look at God. And then immediately after he saw who God was, he became convicted of his own predicament. And he said in verse number five, Then said I, Woe is me. He said, I'm condemned of my guilt. He said in verse 5, because I am a man of unclean lips. He says, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. All of a sudden, he went from being condemned and confessed because all of a sudden, he compared himself not with another Christian, not with a preacher, not with a missionary, but he compared himself with God. And he said, you know what? I need something. Here's a God in heaven who's looking for somebody who he can use. But I'm not ready for that. I need something in my life. Verse number six, he said, then flew one of the seraphims unto me having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongues from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and my sins purged. And you take a look at what what happened to Isaiah. He saw God high and lifted up. Look at the respect he had, the reverence he had. And all he could say when he looked at God was, wow, look at God. And once he took a look at God, all he could say about himself was, whoa, 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 look at me. I need something in my life. I need a little bit of cleansing. I I, I need to get some things out of my life that may be hindering me. I need to get ready that this God can use me. And when you see those coals of forgiveness placed on his lips, and then only, then only could he say, wow. Look at God. Whoa, look at me. I'm a mess. But when he cleaned me up, I could say now, well, here am I. Send me. Oh, God, give us a vision. Oh, God, help us not to be in a point. You are always looking for somebody who cares, somebody who will go, somebody who will give, somebody who will be. Let me not be a hindrance that I'm looking at everybody else, looking at everything else when I need to be looking up. You can't look up at Him and say, Wow, without looking at yourself and saying, Whoa. And when you say, Whoa, God, clean me up that I can be used. then you can say, here am I, send me. Here's a vision I believe is missing today. A proper view of where I stand with God. We can always find somebody, somebody that is worse than we are. Somebody who is doing less than we're doing. But every time I'm wild about him, I'll always be wowed about me. And he is, by the way, if you don't know this, God is not hard up. He just says, I just want to find somebody that I can use to do what needs to be done. Somebody who cares. But until I get in the point in my life where I have a vision, I'm talking about a proper view, God, show me, not somebody else, show me where I am with you. And If I need the coals of forgiveness on my lips, you place them there. Because after all, when you saved my soul, I gave my life to you, and I want to be used of you. Give me a vision of self and its relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what makes missions what it is. If we constantly understand we belong to Almighty God, And we need to look at him and admire him and reverence him and respect him. He's not coming down to our level. He wants us to understand he's gonna always be where he's always been. He's always been God who is high and lifted up and is as holy today as he's ever been and he'll never change. Give me a sinner that I can clean up. And I guarantee you he'd wild about me and woe about himself, I'll clean him up the well. He'll say, well, I'll go to Pakistan. I'll go to Brazil. I'll go any place in the world because I know now I'm a vessel that you can use because I'm right with you. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Now let's go to the New Testament. I took a little time on that one very quickly. I want you to go to Acts chapter 9. I want you to show another vision. I need a vision of self and its relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And keep in mind, a vision is a proper view, a proper revelation of something. I mean, I, 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 I've got to understand it. I've got to see it. I don't, I don't want to perish. I don't want to become... Uh, 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 callous and uncaring I want want to understand I start by having the right relationship with him God help me to look up and see him for who he is but here's another vision the great missionary the apostle Paul had a vision Acts chapter 9 verse number 3 and as he journeyed he came near Damascus and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven, and he fell on the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecuteth thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? The Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord. What would thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither did eat. Nor a dream. A vision every church member needs to have for missions. I'm talking about a proper view of something. A proper view of self and its relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ. But when it comes to missions, we need every church member to have a vision of your service through the local church. Now let's look at the Apostle Paul. What happened when he had this vision? Verse number five, He was saved God's way. Verse number 6, Lord, what would thou have me to do? He surrendered to God's word. Verse number 11, we find him there. He prayeth, he sought God's will. And then the rest of his life, the rest of his life, after he got saved God's way, surrendered to God's word, sought God's will, He served in God's work. He became an immediate witness, an instant testimony, and had an impact upon others. In other words, the church became special to the Apostle Paul. Stop for a moment. The church is the pillar and ground of the truth. The church... Is a program of God. The church is the place where Jesus is preeminent. And if that's not enough, the church was purchased with his own blood. As we heard Dr. Sis quoting last night, the great commission was given to the local New Testament church. He and I were talking today. People are there involved in a whole lot of things. But there's nothing that we're involved in more than the local New Testament church. God give me a vision, a proper view of the ministry of the local church. Help me to see it so clearly that it means that when I'm saved, how to surrender ought to seek the will of God, ought to serve in the church, ought to be willing to go and give and pray and serve in this organism called the local New Testament church. May God help us to have a proper vision of my personal service to this organism called the church. Hey, let me tell you something. Church means something to God. The church is special to God. And I need a vision of that. I need a proper view. I need to understand there's nothing more important to a child of God when you get saved than becoming part of a local New Testament church. Give it your time. Give it your talent. Give it your treasure. And I'm going to do that. Why? I've got a vision. I understand the purpose of the local church. And I want to do my part to show that I care about the ministry of the local church. Acts chapter 16, a third vision, proper view every church member needs to have. Isaiah saw a vision. In that vision, he had a proper view of his relationship with the Lord. Paul had a vision. He got saved God's way. He surrendered to God's word. He sought God's will. And all his life, he served in God's work. God help us to get saved surrender and serve in the ministry of the local church. But here's a third vision when it comes to mission every church member needs to have. Acts chapter 16, verse number 9. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. I need a vision of self in its relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ. I need a vision for my service through the local New Testament church. But a third vision every church member needs to have is a vision for souls and their lost condition in this world. We've become to the point that I wonder sometimes if we still realize that people who die without Jesus Christ go to a place called hell. That's still a reality. It used to mean something to us. It used to stir us. It used to motivate us. It hadn't changed. Not that we don't hear about it. But I don't have a vision. I don't have a vision that changes me, moves me, motivates me, stirs me. Paul had this vision, and notice the proper view he had when he had that vision. He understood these words Come over into Macedonia. And help us. He understood something. The lost were calling to get what he got on the Damascus trail. Had a vision of that. A proper view of that. He also understood this. Not only would the lost calling come over into Macedonia and help us. But he also understood this. The Lord had commanded them to do it. Immediately, immediately, we endeavored to go. You see, Paul understood something that we have a hard time understanding. The mission of the church is missions, it was given to the church by Christ as a command, it's a mandate. The church has been mandated to carry out the ministry of winning souls, baptizing the saints, teaching them to serve, and as a mission, as we heard last night, take it to every person, all creatures. Paul understood that, and he immediately endeavored to go. He understood that the labors were few and he had to do something about it. That's a vision. That's a vision that changes your direction, changes your purpose in life. Would to God we get back to that kind of vision as God's chosen people to get the gospel around the world. If I don't, guess what? I'll perish. I'll become without restraint, ungovernable, uncaring, callous, stubborn, stingy. As churches all over the world are today because there's no vision, there's no proper view of what Almighty God Is saying all the time, mission conference after mission conference, mission emphasis after mission emphasis, Sunday school teaching after Sunday school teaching. But where is the vision, the proper view of what I hear, read, quote, memorize? It's going to change me. I need a vision. One more and I'm finished. Acts chapter 10, we've seen Isaiah. He had a vision of self in his relationship with the Lord. Paul had a vision of his service to the local church. He had a vision for souls and their lost condition in this world. But there's another vision that we need to have, especially in the day in which to live. It's the vision that Peter had in Acts chapter number 10 for just a moment. And let's pick it up in verse number 9. Acts chapter 10, verse number 9. On the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh unto the city, Peter went up upon the the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. And he became very hungry and would have eaten While they made ready, he fell into a trance and he saw heaven open and a certain vessel descending unto him as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth. Wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice spake unto him again the second time, What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. This was done thrice, and the vessel was received up again into heaven. Now while Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean, Behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry of Simon's house and stood before the gate and called and asked whether Simon, which was surnamed Peter, were lodged there. While Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Arise, therefore, and get thee down, and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. We know this is a story about this devout man, Cornelius, a Gentile, and had a, a concern for God, and they come to Peter's house looking for Peter. Peter had a problem. Peter thought that only the Jews could be saved. And he had to learn a vision that I believe in our day and age every Christian needs to learn. It'll start when I have a vision of self in my relationship with the Lord, when I have service to the local church and understand my responsibility, when I care about lost souls in this world. But I think every Christian needs to understand God give me a vision, a proper view of the Savior's love for every creature. Every creature. And when Peter had that vision, here's some things he learned. He learned that everybody is reachable with the gospel. There's no bad candidate when it comes to salvation of the Lord. Here's something else he learned. He learned that everybody who's saved, has a responsibility to try to reach who's not saved. When he got back to Cornelius' house, he found a whole bunch of people waiting there. And a whole bunch of them got saved. Then all of a sudden he falls down and he starts uh, trying to worship. Cornelius, worship Peter. He says, stand up. God's no respecter of persons. A little bit later on in the chapter, after they were saved, they all got baptized, joined the local church, and that's what it's all about. God's in the business of building New Testament churches all around the world, people of all walks of life. Well, sis, was that you last night? Was turned to Revelation and talk about all the kind of people going to be in heaven? Well, let me tell you something God loves every creature, no matter where you're from. The color of your skin, your background, whether you came out of the hood and got saved. theres some people who come out of the hood, get saved, get baptized, join the church, and get called to preach. Right, Andre? <laughs> you never know. God can save anybody. He saved me. I was on, grew up on a dairy farm, lost on my way to hell, heard the gospel, and got saved. Two years later, got called to preach. And what a difference it's made. But let me tell you something. We're kidding ourselves if all we need to do is hear more and more and more about missions. We've heard a whole lot about missions. Church after church, group after group, no matter how much you preach, no matter how much you teach, there always seems to be some people that never get it. Thank God some people do get it. But would to God that every child of God who've been saved by the grace of God will say, Lord, I need a vision. Help me to take a look at you. And every time I look at you, I say, wow. And then I look at me, I say, whoa. Help me to get some coals of forgiveness to make me a candidate that you can use for your honor and glory. And when I get it, put me into a good local church where I can give it my time, my talent, and my treasure. And every time I walk out the doors, when I go to work, I go into a grocery store, wherever I go, help me to see people as lost and on their way to hell. And God, I don't care who I see, what language they speak, or whether they Don't speak at all. Help me to know that's a person, that's a creature that God Almighty loves and wants to save. I'll never get there until I come to the point in my life I have a vision where there is no vision. Proper view, proper revelation of the word of God when it comes to missions. I'll perish. And in case you haven't realized it, more and more of God's people and churches today are perishing when it comes to missions. They're doing everything else except giving themselves, their service, their substance to really show we care. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment. I want you to ponder on that for just a moment. pastor's going to come. We're going to have an invitation as he sees fit to give. But I want you to just think about that. That's my heart for missions for Crossroads Baptist Church. Hope God will use it to give us a vision, a proper view, a proper revelation that will affect me personally to do more than I've ever done before.
1: your heads are bowed nice and closed let's just think about it how's my vision you know if we're just as practical physically as we can be it doesn't matter how good you make the picture look if the person looking at it has bad vision I mean, isn't that what's wrong? We just need a vision, a proper view. I got to see me. I got to see self. I've got to understand service. God helped me see souls. And then, Lord, help me see the Savior's love. How's your vision? You know, if, if you don't go to the doctor and get your eyes checked in a while, chances are your vision's getting worse. Your missions conference is it's a checkup. It's a checkup. So I know, I know about souls going to hell. I know that Jesus loves everybody. I know about this thing called the local church. When well, you think I'm here on a Thursday night if I'm not involved and excited about the local church? He didn't say just about local church, he said service to the local church. It's not just I'm here, am I involved? And then the Savior's love for all people. I wonder if we'd ever have a problem with prejudice and racism and all this foolishness if, if we just looked at, I mean, if God loves everybody and he's sinless, what's wrong with us? It's the vision. How I many say, Pastor, somewhere in the message tonight, I, I need to get my vision adjusted. One of those four areas or all of them, God spoke to me. Right in your seat tonight, would you put your hand up? God spoke to me about my vision, my vision. Oh, God help us. My soul. Hands all over the room, just about everybody. Then why don't you make your seat an altar tonight? Open my eyes, Lord. Well, Pastor, I'm just... I'm just, I'm having problems seeing things the right way. Well, you're going to have to ask God to help you see it his way. We won't belabor it. Because if you're serious about God, you don't have to take a long time to do something about it. You just, good night when you look at Jesus. How pleased can you be with yourself? Souls, souls, souls. Talk to the Lord about it, right there. Would you talk to Him? Talk to him. Lord God, get 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 my eyes right. God, help me see it. Help me see it because the consequences are horrific. Lord, thank you for what we've heard. I pray that you will bless us. Help us move in a special way in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give.